Hey everybody, this is Elizabeth here with Macabre Masters. I'm hanging out with Original Nick and the Popester. We are discussing a movie near and dear to my heart tonight, The Autopsy of Jane Doe. Um, this is one of the few movies that I will absolutely admit I cannot watch alone. I cannot watch before bed. I cannot watch in the dark. Like This movie scares the ever-loving shit out of me. Almost every time I watch it, it doesn't matter. Like There are parts that absolutely get me every time. Um, so I wanted to kind of see what the guys thought of it just because there aren't a lot of movies that really freak me out. And it was also homework. Like, so I figured I would knock some homework out of the way and do some podcast reviewing at the same time. What did you guys think of the movie? Just right off the bat, give me like your, your short little clip opinion, and then I'll kind of give a synopsis to our listeners. Um... I I actually really liked it. Yeah. That's my that's the short version was I got about three quarters of the way through it and there were aspects of it that really annoyed me. Like it's kind of like a jumpy kind of movie and jumpy movies are cheap. I think hereditary and movies like uh, Insidious is a great example, except for one. There's one example in Insidious, but. For the most part, those kind of movies that are more atmospheric and old movies like The Omen can do it without being jumpy. Uh, this one was very jumpy and that annoyed me. But aside from that, I felt like it was rock solid. Plot was perfectly made sense until the end. And I'm sure we're going to get into that because there's I have questions sure. about this fucking movie. <laughs> um, Nick, but what yeah, did you think? A, 10 out of 10? 5 out of 10? I mean, I'd probably give like a 7 out of 10. I, it didn't scare me. I, I wasn't freaked out at all by this movie. I didn't jump. I wasn't scared. My wife was next to me jumping and saying, I know what's happening next. But I, was, I, I wasn't scared by it, but I did enjoy it. Um, there wasn't a whole lot I could like say that Pose hasn't said so far. Um, but I did enjoy the movie. I didn't think it was bad by any means, but it didn't scare me. I thought I, I felt kind of sad at one point with the cat, but... Other than that, oh, done. They did that cat dirty, Stanley. They did know, it yeah, dirty. Yeah. It yeah. was really rude, honestly. All right, so <laughs> spoiler alert: like synopsis of the movie, we have a father who is a coroner and his son who is basically serving as deputy coroner. They are working on an autopsy for a, a gentleman, like, and they are getting ready to finish the autopsy. Uh, homeboy's girlfriend shows up, right? They're hanging out, and then he's they're supposed to go to a movie, and a body shows up. The sheriff drops shop. Uh, sheriff drops off this young lady, young woman, this female decedent, and they are getting ready to go out to the movie and he's like, I can't just leave my dad to do it alone. He totally should have just got out with the girl. Let's be honest. Like it would have been like way in his best interest to just bail on his dad. Um, but he doesn't. And he goes back down and they start doing this autopsy and they start finding all of these strange things with the decedent, right? Like um, the fact that she appears to be freshly dead. But then there are things like her eyes that would give way that she's perhaps been dead for much longer than she appears. Uh, the fact that she has all these broken fractures and bones in her body, but there's no outward sign of trauma. Um, her tongue has been removed. Uh, they start finding all of these other things and slowly through the night, creepy shit starts happening in the morgue in the middle of a thunderstorm. Like the ambiance for the movie was just so good. Like, and I think just because I take it personally, you know, working with decedents or hoping to get to work with decedents in the very near future. 
Um, like I absolutely like it scared the shit out of me, honestly. And I watched it like alone in the dark by myself the very first time I saw it. And it was just one of those ones that made me jump. So, um, I want to ask you, Nick, why didn't you find it scary? Like, do you think it was just too much of like a storytelling? Like they didn't really put emphasis on the horror part of it or. I'm not quite sure. I could see why it would be scary. I can see how people do find it scary. I just didn't. Maybe it's just a me thing. Um, I found it more interesting and entertaining than I got scared by it. Uh, I guess jumpy movies don't really get me. Um, I'm not sure. It's not that I didn't enjoy it. Um, I know it sounds like I wasn't scared and jumpy, so... I didn't like it, but that's not the case at all. Uh, there was a lot that went into the atmosphere, and I'm not sure. Maybe if I put myself in the situation, I'd be a little more frightened or terrified, but I'm not sure. Sure. No, that makes sense. Totally. I mean, it was a good story up until the end. I'll agree with Pope there. Like, did you find it scary, Pope, at all? Or was did you think it was just like a good story? I thought I didn't think it really worked. So... The thing about it is, is if you uh, compare horror movies and I've gotten very familiar with them, uh, thanks to being a macabre master. Um, one of the things is, is if you compare horror movies to food, I would say that amazing horror that is like atmospheric and works really well and is not jumpy. I like the shining with Jack Nicholson, right? Which isn't my favorite movie, but I'm not going to sit here and act like that movie isn't a work of genius. It's just not my favorite. I, sure. Movies like that, maybe Hereditary would count in this category. Uh, uh, the Exorcist would count in this category. Uh, that's like filet mignon, dude. Like that's like, sure. I mean, this the that's the good shit. I think that when a movie resorts to jump scares, at least more than one or two. One or two makes sense, but like when they kind of do a lot of them, it kind of cheapens it, and it like becomes fast food. Um, and it's unintentional. It like it's unneeded. This movie really, really, really had even before it got into the kind of spoopy, oh, there's bodies moving around and oh, there's, you know, ghosts or whatever. And oh, like things sure. are dying before it got into that stuff. It already had atmosphere. It had atmosphere so thick you could cut a knife with it. Like this girl lying on the slab looked threatening like the entire time. And she's dead. Sure. Um, I was telling Tatiana during the movie that what I thought was interesting was that most of us, um, excluding possibly people who work in the you know funerary industry and stuff, although obviously I was wrong about that because this movie creeped you out. Um, but you know, obviously this is a survey of one, so um, at most most of us are already freaked out by dead bodies. It's just something that freaks sure. us out. It's something that bothers us. There's psychological reasons for that, guys. There's there's reading you can do on it. Uh, it's a perfectly valid response to seeing a dead body is to be freaked out by it. And um, so the movie kind of plays on that the entire time. It's got these like close angles. It's always showing her face. It's always going back to her face. Her face isn't moving. It isn't changing. She's dead. But you expect, well, I mean, <laughs> you assume throughout the movie that she's supposed to be dead. So, like, the okay. thing is, is, like, you're always expecting something to happen, and it plays with that. Like, the part where the nose starts twitching and then a fly comes out, 
that's playing with like the viewer expectation that she's going to move at some point, maybe get up and like fucking like start trying to strangle the old man who, uh, by the way, was also in a second movie about a vindictive bitch who was really fucking rude. And that was the ring, I believe. Um, and so the thing is, is that uh, it had it all like in place. And I personally think the third act, while creepy, completely dropped the ball on that. Like I, it just went it it went from atmospheric and awesome and like tense to campy fucking Jason Voorhees type horror. And I I I felt like it was a missed opportunity. I would agree with that. I would agree with that. I think you bring up a good point too, where the the threatening aura of this um, body, you know, on the table, it reminds me a lot of. Uh, the first Saw movie where you just have John laying there in the middle of the room and you know like that something is going on you never find out till the very end what's really going on with this body right mm -hmm. and it was kind of a really similar sort of play on Psyche um, with just having a person be a prop and how they can create an atmosphere I think that the director who's done um a lot of other shit or well a few other things that i've seen anyway he did troll hunter as well mm -hmm. and uh he was the director of the new scary stories to tell in the dark movie that came out a couple of years ago um which so was really good really it was yeah so he's done some really good stuff um i really appreciated sort of the filter of the camera that they used like the sort of color and lighting that they chose like it was really authentic to an old familiar or an old family funeral home or an old family coroner's office, something that's been around since the seventies, you know, it was, just, it had that vibe to it and they did a really good job sort of with what it looked like, you know, um, from my perspective, I thought it was strange that they would still have a retort or a crematory in the coroner's office. That's probably a small town kind of thing. Um, I don't, that was the only thing that really caught me off guard with some of the like set work and stuff or like tools that they would use. Um, but like it for me was filmed really well and they did a great job until they started trying to get to the really creepy part. And then it's like, not only did they get to this jump scare part where they had built up this really good potential for psychological horror, right but then they also really dropped the ball with the end of the story like how they were finding all the clues and what they led up to and we get to like she was you know treated as a witch or whatever and all of this stuff and it's like the story stopped being very cohesive with the build-up in the beginning like i it's the one thing where like it stopped kind of being scary for me is when they get to the point where it's like they kind of just phoned in an ending that didn't really make sense with the rest of it. Did mm. you guys feel it was kind of choppy at the end, like in the story too? I think so. Um, as soon as they started uh, talking about uh, when he was like, it turned her into the witch. I thought for me, that was kind of interesting because usually the movie is always, well, they were always innocent girls and now she's just vindictive and she's mad that she was, uh, you know, she was tried as a witch and found that she wasn't. So now she's angry, but it, it, it I, I, it was caught off guard and I, I almost praised the movie. I was like, interesting that they actually like made her a witch finally, I guess. <laughs> Cause usually it's like, I always found out she was actually innocent. Uh, just an but, angry, restless, restless spirit as opposed no, to being a, a witch sort of just thing. Actually being a witch. Uh, but then as soon as, uh, 
he started saying ritual. I was like, this is going to get biblical at some point. <laughs> and then uh, he folds the cloth over and it said Leviticus. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Which uh, even then it really kind of didn't tie in. Like it was, again, kind of phoned in. Like we're just going to pull some trophy shit from some other trophy shit and make an ending for this great story. Well, I, 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 I agree. I agree their execution was ham hand is ham handed. At the same time, it does kind of make sense. Um uh, keep in, in mind that, you know, aside from the fact where she's basically immortal but is kind of dead, but is also kind of immortal. Yeah. Um keeping putting that aside for a second, the actual so we're about three quarters of the way through the movie. She's got broken wrists, she's got broken ankles, she's been burned. Uh, very severely she's uh, had her internals punctured like there's a lot of shit that's happened to her I actually sure. turned to wife and I said okay um, who in history do you know as a group got uh, got bound got got really really fucked up by uh, like torture got sexually yeah. assaulted you know what I mean and Tatiana and got burned and she she got it immediately she's like is she a witch? Mm. And I'm like, yep, that's exactly what she is. And the thing is, is the Leviticus thing. The reason that's important is because you got to understand that a lot of the stuff that happened from the witch burnings to even a lot of uh, uh, violence we see against our LGBTQ friends today. Leviticus is a chapter that birthed a lot of it. A few lines in a Bible is more than enough to get people to kill people. Shit. And, um, and so that part at least made a lot of sense. Now, why she had an outer skin that had that on her, I do not know. Uh, or it was like tattooed under her skin or something like that. I mean, yeah. We well, all, so like they, we, they literally pulled back her epidermis and her dermis down to the subcutaneous layer, which is like the fat layer under your skin where like all your nerves are actually in the dermis and then go down. Right. So it's that like fat layer that keeps us warm underneath. And it was like in between that on the inside of her dermis, like they had tattooed all of these sort of like sigils. Right. Like, and it was supposed to kind of look like Goetia sort of keys of Solomon sort of symbols, but Definitely not exactly. Definitely saw the influence of the Solomon stuff, yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, but, like, it, I just felt like it didn't make a lot of sense. Because, like, how does that happen? Like, you would need help for that, right? Like, you know. Who would even do that? Who would even go through the effort of doing that to somebody? Like, <laughs> the thing, the thing, so the thing about the witch trials that's really interesting is if you guys ever go look into it, which this, of course, ties into my age-old friend, King James. Um, <laughs> it's it's really well documented in a lot of cases exactly what happened because it was a largely legal practice. And so they kept pretty good documentation of it. The, and it's out there. You can find it. And so I assure you guys that flaying women was not really some one of the things that they did all that often and especially flaying them and then tattooing their insides, which is something that would this, this logistically even today in a sterilized medical situation would be basically impossible. Um, much less back then, you know what I mean? Um, sure. yeah, they, 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 and I shouldn't talk about it so glibly, but yes, they did burn them at the stake. Yes, they did, um, assault them. Yeah, they did a lot of different stuff, but that part right there was like, 
Ah, what? Just like from a logistical standpoint, I almost wonder if she like did it to herself by having the molar and the like uh, the the tooth and the swallowed and the, you know, I, I don't I don't know, man. That I I need to I need to read the Wikipedia article or something on it, like see like where that <laughs> whole thing came from. But like the idea of like basically. Uh, you know what's funny, actually, about a lot of people who persecute other people is a lot of times they do the exact same things that they're persecuting while they're persecuting. Mm. Um, and so it's funny that like they found that whole like the molar with the thing wrapped around it that said Leviticus. I think that could be considered folk witchcraft in a lot of ways. So if that was one of the <laughs> ways that they that they tortured her or whatever, then that's um kind of interesting. But yeah. I've well, never I mean, heard see of a lot of that any... throughout history. Like, honestly, like if we take a lot a look at the Catholic religion, a lot of it is ritual. Right. And a lot of pagans of argue that that ritual is the same as witchcraft. Blowing out candles for your birthday is witchcraft. Like making a wish on a shooting star is witchcraft. Anything that has significance and ritualistic, you know, um, I'm one of those people that I'll tap the roof if I drive through a yellow light. Right. Like it's just habits, urban legend, things that we learned growing up as a kid or whatever. But people don't really give credence to that's exactly it. And like it's the idea you know that we will punish those with a punishment that suits the crime you know and we see a lot of that throughout religious history especially like if we go through um the inquisition and stuff like that like we're going to to punish pagan you know uh worship with uh persecution on in the name of jesus who's supposed to be a loving god that's a really hard thing i could never wrap my head around personally it was one of my biggest issues with organized religion as a political influence like in general just even as a little kid and stuff um but not to get like too far off the topic um you know it was interesting how they tried to portray that again it just felt like it wasn't really cohesive for me because i feel like they took little things like the song playing on the radio was very jeepers creepers or very final destination right and like there was just little things that they pulled from all these other influences um and it was a lot like having a dessert with too many flavors in it. Like if we're going to compare horror movies to food, it was like, I couldn't really focus on one key part of that story. Cause eventually they just took it to a bunch of different places. And then they tried to make it like all of a sudden they didn't know what they were hallucinating or what they weren't. And if any of it was real and then he kills his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. As we get to the end of the movie and like, they think they're getting away, but, the don't the father sacrifices himself and the kid still ends up going anyway right like and then she gets taken off and she's totally not cut into there's no y incision she's still completely intact so like is it witchcraft is it a curse is this a haunting like it never really kind of established exactly what sort of entity we were Mm. dealing with like it just felt sort or of how incomplete. she did any of it yeah absolutely they never explained any like, of it like it's what, just like okay None of it really made sense to me. And so for as scary as I found it, being able to put myself kind of in the shoes of being alone in the middle of the night on a thunderstorm with a decedent, like that's of particularly a creepiness, you know, like I get like the creep factor of it and that hit home for me. 
and I like a good jump scare, honestly. Like, I don't like them all the time, but I'm a big fan. Like, if I'm sitting alone and I really just need that good, like, cathartic experience, they're all right. Um, but it wasn't a very good story in the end, and it really bothered me. I felt like it had a lot more potential. So you said you had a lot of questions, Pope. What did you have questions about, about the movie? I, like... Okay, uh, you pointed out that at the end. So, guys, it's the end's weird. I think if you watch it, it kind of makes a little bit more sense. And so us kind of talking about it is going to be a little bit more. But um, at the end, uh, the father essentially sacrifices himself um, in order to, like, I guess, complete some kind of ritual with her. Keep in mind that when you watch this movie, this girl does not move. Okay, the whole movie, she doesn't move. Spoiler alert. Okay, so that that never happens. Get it out of your well, head. Well, hold on. Was but, it so, supposed to be her walking down the hallway when they were locked in the office and the little toe bell was jingling? Was that supposed to be her or another body? Mm, she, I think, I think it, it was the, an, guy it was the one his, that scared the girlfriend earlier. Yeah, yeah. It, it, no face. Okay. He was the only one with the toe bell. Yeah, it wasn't her. Um, so the thing is, is um, first of all, uh, how did she... So. They did a full-blown autopsy on her, removed her organs, removed... I mean, they went in there with a saw, like, in... Excuse me, with wire cutters and cut out her chest plate, right? Did When she got restored, did that shit just, like, magically grow back? Like, did it, mm. where did the old chest plate go? You know, like, um, you know, like, did she just, like, have sure. duplicating chest plates and, like, she just has them eternally? Um, why well, did they she took twitch her heart the out. end? Like... Mm. Yes, they did. They t- I mean, they took a lot of shit out of her. Uh, like, it, like, it, I guess, like, the thing is, is it's never, it's explained why she would be a spirit and why she'd be vindictive. Right? Sure. Okay, fair. But, like, they never, like, fully commit to it, I guess would be the term. The focus is always solidly on her body. I promise you guys that movie's an hour and a half long. I promise you it's got 20 minutes of just her face mm. and her face. And, and uh, it's interesting cause I'm almost positive that I did. I haven't looked into it, but I'm almost positive. That was a woman who was, it was acting. Yeah, no, it's yeah, an actress. She's a, yeah, she's a yeah. And so she did a fabulous job. Um, and I imagine being a corpse and being a believable corpse has to be a unique challenge for an actress or an actor, of course. I mean, and I just imagine just really cold laying there with your boobs out in makeup <laughs> like that for like hours to film. Like that's got to that be really chilly. When I, when I read that thing, when I read the book on embalming and we actually talked about this after, but that was an embalming. So this is later in the process. So I'm not sure. I know that sure. modesty of the destinate is super important. So they always cover them up. That chick was willed in there, boobs out, bush out, all that good stuff. At that phase when the autopsy is happening, is modesty a concern or, um, cause I, it was kind of little, I will say this for dramatic reasons. Mm. Like I said, in the beginning, the movie lined up everything perfectly. In my opinion, seeing a woman who is gorgeous, let's not, Mince words, the woman who played her is beautiful, uh, fully naked on a slab. Her name's Owen Kelly, by the way. Owen Kelly. Owen. Hello, Owen. Thank you for doing that movie. It was awesome until the end, but that's not your fault. Um, so the thing is, is no, 
it's disarming. Mm. It's disarming. Absolutely. It like it's you're it's not intimidating. You, Honestly, like yeah. nudity, that sort of like intimate exposure, like yeah, absolutely. And 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 you're kind of like, and she's beautiful, so you're kind of like, am I a necrophiliac? Uh, you know I what I mean? Like there too. <laughs> of course, of course, you're not. It's just, it's just, it's presented in a very specific way, uh, and they make almost no attempt to like honor um, with the filming of the movie to honor um, modesty. Right. Sure. It's very mm. just out there in the open. And so it's interesting that the first few minutes of that movie could have easily been a, a like a fake, like one of those fake necrophiliac porn films that they make. Yeah. Um, sure. Very easily. And it um, was done really tastefully, though. I like, I say, honestly thought I, I'm not saying it wasn't, that, yeah. I wasn't no, saying no, no. it wasn't tasteful. Despite that just, one detail, you bring up a good point because they did do a lot to treat her as a person. He talks to her as a person right. what did they do to you you know um so i think just for the sake of filming and for it to take people sort of off guard i think that they didn't cover her but i don't think that that would normally be the case like i know for us in the funeral industry um when it comes to putting them back together as opposed to taking them apart like we it's you know one of the very first rules of of doing an embalming is to to honor their dignity and and uh, modesty but i would imagine from a coroner's perspective um it would be the same you know like their job especially because they're having a, a relationship having to kind of understand the body in a different way in its relationship to how did it die? What was the cause of death? What was the manner of death? Things like that. Um, they look at things from a little bit different perspective than we do, but probably even more so if not, you know, as much that they would take that modesty into consideration. My guess is um, it was probably just for the shock value, like you said, but I can't speak to that because again, the coroner needs to be able to examine the whole body and look at it from a different perspective than we do because they're investigating something. Um, you know, even if it is not a legal autopsy, it's not done because of, uh, you know, something nefarious, but so uh, there's medical autopsies done in hospitals for the sake of, uh, researching disease or uh, helping right. understand diagnosis, post-mortem, stuff like that. Um, I don't think that they would take any less care to treat the body as a person than we would, you know, if not more so from, because they're really trying to understand what that person went through, like at a cellular level from an internal way, like, and then, well, that's not necessarily our job. Our job is to make them look like them again. You know, it's not the other way around. So, but I would, I thought that was strange too. The other thing I noticed though is while they did do like these very obvious boom shots, right? They didn't ever really do things in a way where it was made to look sexualized. And yeah. I really appreciate no. the, the eye and the camera and the eye of the director to not, or to allow a space where nudity does not equal sexuality. Yeah. We don't see that a lot in film ever. You know, and um, to do it in a horror movie, even more so where it's almost inherent that all nudity and all big boobs equal some sort of sex object or sex icon that's running up the stairs or running in the basement or taking on the final girl. Like we always see it as a sexualized thing. And to 
take that and put it in a horror movie was one of the things I actually really liked about the movie was that it created a space where it was actually just a person mm. and it didn't have to be something that was automatically gratuitous. Yeah. And they could have easily like actually completely dropped the ball on that and just like had the younger guy maybe like make a yeah. comment like, yeah. oh, damn, baby, like that kind of thing. When she got wheeled in or something like that. But no, they were just the wrong camera angle could have absolutely presented it from that perspective. Mm -hmm. You're right. Like 100 percent. So, I mean, definitely 100 percent on that. Um, It was I I do think that it was done as a tactic to kind of just further. um, But also another thing, too, is, you know, what's interesting about dead bodies Um, that they're scary. But dead bodies are like one of the least threatening things out there. And so yeah. you will in a dead 20 something year old woman and it is the literal least threatening thing in that room. There's sharp objects in that room. There's chemicals that can mm. kill you in that room. She can't do shit. She is a dead body. And um, I think that the nudity part actually played into that as well because uh, you know, things are less threatening when they're just like naked and laid out. It's just how it is. Mm. But there is an implicit, there's an implicit creepiness to dead bodies, but the creepiness actually comes from looking mortality in the face. It doesn't come from the body itself. Bodies are just not, they're not something that can really harm you. So, um, uh, you know, of course, exempting, you know, it stays out for a really long time and miasma and all that good stuff. That's later on down the line, uh, as far as I know. Um, but I really like how they played with it. And I think a much better plot and a much better way to, um, carry out the movie would have not been as a supernatural thriller slash horror like they did, Mm. but would have actually been for them to actually uncover a crime that happened and you can't really see it externally and they uncover it and they figure out that maybe like what happened initially was that, um, that house that she was found in, she was fighting for her life. You know what I mean? And that's how she died. And like, you know, through some thing, it didn't really show too much on her outside, but um, like internal bruising or something like that, you know, I I think that would have been much more compelling because even though I like the witch angle, Mm. it just makes no fucking sense. It makes no fucking sense how she's still alive. It may kind of alive. It makes no fucking sense how her outward appearance is normal, but everything else on the inside is fucked up. It, it, like, why would she maintain all that stuff? If she's like vampire, vamp, you know, vampirizing people, you know, like wouldn't it <laughs> heal her internals too? Like it's uh, like, and why did she never, why I was expecting fully once it revealed everything and all the cards on the table, what I thought was going to happen was one of them was going to die. Yeah which let's not even get into the fact they're completely innocent. And the cat was completely yes, innocent. They had yes. nothing to do with anything. Poor Stanley. Um, yeah. Stan- rest in peace, Stanley. I'm just saying, but not even getting into that. Somebody gets sacrificed. And then what she does is she gets up, you know what I mean? And walks out. Yeah. I thought right? yeah. she leaves, Bec- you know, cause that would make at least some kind of like sense. Like in the Saw movie. Yeah. There was even like a really good shot. Yeah. Where like, it's through the table and he's on the floor. I thought her feet were going to plop her down. Her feet were, yeah. yeah. I thought her, Just go, yeah. I thought that's what was going to happen. Uh, I do agree. I thought that the beginning half had me. Um, I thought that, that that's exactly what this movie was going to be, was that these guys were going to uncover some 
deep they, they went with the uh the sex trafficking angle and i thought i was like okay that was uh kind of better honestly it sounds awful i know um it sounds but that's a story, real horror sure. that we can yeah, all identify that's a horror with. that yeah and i would have been know? like that's awful i'm glad that they finally found this woman's uh cause of death and that you know there's some then they never even found out who she was though like she's just a she never even got a name yeah if it was a woman who like was put through traffic and then all of a sudden they like seek out her grandma or something and they're like this is what happened to your granddaughter i was like okay that's what i thought it was going then they switched it up with the the ritual cloth and then the tattoos on the inside and i was like oh so it's it's not what i was thinking it was going to be sure (laughs) And you could even have the spiritual angle still be in there and you can still have it like she's she's there and she's with the body and she's like really angry about what happened to her. Mm. Uh, and that would be completely fair. And, you know, uh, she's lashing out. And maybe there's some way to like like moderate it and just like put her to rest like the false ending of the ring. Um, You know what I mean? And to help her kind of get to that point. And it could have actually like if they insisted on doing the spirit angle. I think it could have been done a lot better. Mm. But then the the other part of it is they never explained the limits of her powers. It's like so oh, yeah. so this let's 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 take let's take count real quick. This woman is ostensibly dead. But what she can do is she can physically alter the state of living human beings. She can phys- she can alter mm. what you hear on the radio, the stations, as well as what they're saying on the radio. So you hear an announcer and he's like, this is WKTV. We're hanging out. There's this big ass storm and fucking all this other shit. By the way, you're not going to leave because this is now a creepy movie. Um, Right. So there's that part. (laughs) Then she can alter the wet, the people's perception of the weather at the end of the day. Actually, uh, the guy says on the radio, this is our fourth straight day of sunny. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. the whole thing was an illusion. She can alter. She can alter to where people can see illusions so the dead bodies that they were seeing were illusions. Why she used those particular dead bodies instead of somebody else is is only to serve the movie because they showed them earlier when the girlfriend looked at them. There was no real good reason to use them. They can make people not hear stuff that is there, and they can make people hear – she can make people hear stuff that isn't there. For example, the corpse walking with the bell that eventually was revealed to be the girlfriend – which made no fucking sense because the girlfriend a wouldn't have a bell and B wouldn't be shuffling at the pace of Jason Voorhees. If he's fucking hung over after a party, um, <laughs> like, like, so what is the, so like you can do all this stuff. You, you can open, she can open and then magically up doors. Heal yourself just, all back up again too. At the end of the whole thing. Like she and completely is reset all this everything. Stuff. And yet she can do all of that, but yet she can't, get up and walk you know like what's the what's the you know because that i think that would have at least okay that would have made she just needs a trip to the mall do you think if somebody just took her someplace besides a fucking morgue or the back of some police van or whatever like if somebody just took her shopping and maybe get some froyo she would just feel better about her day maybe it would have made like like i seriously the ending that would have made sense Everything that happened happened. They discover what was going on with her. They get towards the end and the guy gets in her, her face. Right. And he was sweet to the end, too. What a nice guy. Yeah, right? Yeah. But he gets in her face and he's sure. like, hey, listen, 
once again, it's the horror thing. They're using those tight angles. They're like face to face and you're expecting her to move at some point because that's the logical next step, in my opinion. So he gets in her face and he's like, hey, look, don't hurt him. And so now they have a pact, right? This happened in the movie. But what happens at this point is she gets up. She she does all her stuff. She basically kills this guy, this innocent dude who had nothing to do with anything. And freaking she kills him and she gets up and she looks at Junior and she's like, hey, I'm sorry. Like, I'm immortal because of like this curse and like uh, like basically gives a little bit of exposition. I'm sorry about your dad. Uh, I'm sorry about your cat. I'm really sorry about your cat. Super sorry about your cat. OK, <laughs> your girlfriend was kind of <laughs> and- a bitch, but I'm sorry about her. Like, yeah, you know, your girlfriend like she, you know, and so and she gets up and she's like and the whole illusion is dispelled. Everything's gone. And so what happens is, is she leaves. She just puts on like she puts on one of their gowns or something like that. Just something like that. She walks out the front door with no problems. The cops come in. They find him. And old dude, they think he's nuts. They think he committed. uh, They think he committed patricide. They think that he like got rid of the corpse. They think like a lot of different stuff and none of it's true. And then it shows like the last scene instead of her toe twitching in the back of a fucking, you know, car. It's it's like her walking into the next town or something like that. Right. Or maybe like somebody picks her up on the side of the road because she's fucking gorgeous and she's half naked walking down the street. And it's like in like you're like, oh, this guy's going to have some problems in his life. You know what I mean? Like that kind of thing. I think that would have been a compelling ending um, and would have explained some things. And they just really it's such a shame because the first half of that movie is just so fucking awesome mm-hmm. and like just really good. And they just completely drop the ball at the end. I, and guys, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm not saying you shouldn't watch it. No, you but should definitely watch it. No, I think it's that it's that. a good movie for what it is, but I would still only give it like a five or six out of ten. Like it's definitely not like The Shining for me, right? You know, or a bunch of other movies that we've talked about. Um, but I do still like it, and I think that it was so close to being really, really good, and mm. then it just like got askew. I think so. I think they could have kept it a little more. Like the first like twenty minutes was extremely scientific as much as I don't know anything about how an autopsy goes. It was very scientific and seemed very, uh, like at least like you like grounded and grounded. Someone, someone who is in that world could have been like, okay, this, yeah, they got a few things wrong, but I could kind of see where they were going with it. Uh, then they deviate into something. Uh, but then they kind of stop all that and then it becomes theoretical and, uh, not rhetorical but they're yeah they're just trying to figure out the, the mystery um i th- i think i was really upset when he that when the dad sacrificed himself and after all that she still killed the son he's like i'm not gonna fight you i, I will do this for you just don't hurt my kid <laughs> instead she means a bitch <laughs> Yeah, totally. She's got a uh, mad case of Samara syndrome, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I still think people. And once again, it. it's one of those. It's one of those. I think like injustifies the means kind of like opinions like in the movie, like the the idea that the movie's trying to put forth that she went through so much stuff. Um, but then the other part of it is that uh, he actually stated it. the The father stated it earlier in the movie, a true fact about the witch trials. And it's that uh, as far as we know, 
every single person who was convicted of it was innocent. And it was a false hysteria related thing and not something actually tied to the actual practice of witchcraft. Although there were like cunning folk and stuff like that. Uh, That's something Beth and I have talked about offline, but um, they were respected. You know what I mean? Cunning folk were really respected. So it's a little bit different, but the principle here is that she actually was a witch. Oh wait, no, 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 wait, sorry. No, he said they made, they said that thing about by convicting her of witchcraft yeah, and torturing they her, they made her into, into a witch, yeah. which is, which is fucking ridiculous. Okay. Cause you don't just get like psychic powers by being tortured first of all. And second of all, Shoot. that's like torturing. That's like torturing me for being skinny. And suddenly I lose fucking 50 pounds. Like that's not how shit works. Being being a, a practicing, uh, you know, pagan requires effort. It requires work. It requires spiritual introspection. There's a lot to it. It's just like being a good Christian. There's work sure. involved. You know what I mean? Um, or any other religion, guys, not to exclude anybody. Um, so uh, I got I thought that was so fucking hokey. Like it's sure. like the demon. It's like it's like a. It's really stereotypical. It's like the 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 worst monsters we we have are the ones we create, right? Um, which a lot of <laughs> movies play on those themes, but this was a throwaway line in the the third half of the movie or whatever. Um, ridiculous. The third half. <laughs> the third half. Exactly. My math is perfect, guys. This is why I'm a podcast host and you know not a mathematician. The third half. Uh, the third. Third. Don't. That's the new podcast name. That's the new podcast. The third half. The third third. <laughs> the third quarter. It's fine. No. Um. I don't. Again, it was a good movie. It could have been better. There was a lot of things about it that made me really mad. I think visually they did a good job. Like, but they went in so many different directions, and they just kind of never really circled back around to one thing that was solid that I felt made sense with everything that they led up to in the beginning. Um, like would you recommend it to people? Would you be like, Hey, this movie was good. Or would you be like, eh, it's kind of not so much. I think, I think I'd recommend someone to watch it. There's not a whole lot of movies that I think you just straight up shouldn't watch. I am the 99%, uh, as stated before, I am super hyped when I hear Captain America's theme play in an Avengers movie. I'm like, Oh, he's coming. So I, I mean the best uh, when it comes to uh, recommending movies. But uh, yeah, I think you, I think you definitely should. Um, if not for a specific reason, just because you want something to do for an hour and a half. Um, all media is media. Maybe it's not great, but I don't think there was anything terrible about it. I don't think there's anything in it that was like, maybe just skip it you're you're not gonna there's not like a different you're not gonna find it anywhere else like if you're if there's a comparison to another movie i'd be like maybe watch that one but as far as i know it's the only one i've seen um so i think people should watch it what about you pope would you recommend it um he's like no i really wouldn't (laughs) no it's it's really difficult to say because i do feel like i do feel like the first half is like really a perfectly crafted crafted like um thriller like i i really do feel like it's just like the first half is just phenomenal 
And um, I fully went into it expecting not to like it. Obviously, like this is not a movie I had really a whole lot of interest in. It was something <laughs> that kind of came up for the podcast. I'd never even heard of it. Mm-hmm, and so I kind of went into it. And so like, but I figured out about halfway through the movie. I was like, okay, this movie's got something going for it. Like, all right, this is cool. So. And the then immediately is, it went left. I, <laughs> It did, but it still didn't go like Nick said. He's right. It didn't go so far left that it's a horrible movie by any means. It's just it just became mediocre. So I would say I'd say give it a watch, um, especially if you're a necrophile. I'm totally kidding. Um, <laughs> give it a watch. Um, Do not rule things for autopsy. Oh, movies. my God. Right. <laughs> there you go. Um yeah, I, I would say give it a watch. I'd say I'd say it's worth it's worth um a free stream. Mm. Um on Tubi. <laughs> and uh ads. I mean don't count I on it to be your new Plus. favorite horror movie, but Oh yeah, it, it, you know on Amazon they fucking like they make you get the AMC Plus in order to rent it. Like it's like Okay, listen, guys, why do we have a fucking streaming channel for every single fucking channel that's ever existed yeah, in yeah, history? Yeah. Like fuck's wrong with you people anyway uh that's neither here nor there go watch the, i say watch it i say watch it i say uh i give it a solid five six mm-hmm. you know what i mean and i can't say that for every movie that we've watched for macabre masters true, true. um some some just suck uh this one doesn't just suck it's got redeeming qualities and as a person who has um uh since getting to know beth uh gotten more into the death industry and uh, into uh, kind of like what morticians and embalmers and stuff go through. I found the, especially the first uh, third of it to be incredibly fascinating and uh, very cool. Mm-hmm. And so um, as, although as Nick qualified, you know, it doesn't make it accurate, but I did think it was really cool. And I thought mm-hmm. they were asking a lot of the right questions. I think most um, of it was honestly, I think most of it was pretty accurate. You know, I've watched a lot of medical examiner shows and like, I've learned a lot now. Um, in fact, this week it was homework for school this week because that's what we're learning is how to embalm an autopsied body and what the different conditions of an autopsied body. Cause it could be partial. It could be full. It could just be a craniotomy. You know, there's a lot of different variables in how to do that as an embalmer and stuff. Um, and I think that that's really kind of the point that my teacher was, trying to make was that it was fairly on point for what that would look like if you take all the horror aside from it right like if you were to perform an autopsy those are pretty much the same questions that you would ask and that's pretty much the same mentality that a coroner has going into it is trying to find manner and cause of death um and and just look through that stuff so i think that overall it was pretty accurate i think that this set like the design for the set was fairly let's say old school i don't want to necessarily like say antiquated or or anything like that because while it was really old looking it looked like it was pretty vintage like uh materials and spaces and stuff you know as far as the furniture and the decor and stuff like that um i think it was still pretty good looking compared to what like i have seen in my experience in other videos or with other people stuff like that um which i think is cool that they were able to give that to the movie, despite that they made everything else so hokey kind of at the end that they still had that sort of authenticity and genuineness to it. Okay. 
All right. So. What are you, do you recommend it? Do you recommend it, Beth, as something that people yeah. should spend their time watching? I think for the jump scare, I think if you want something that's cool to watch um, and is visually really cool to watch, uh, it's a good movie. But I would definitely not do- say I wouldn't say go into it thinking it's going to be like the next Midsommar, right? Or like mm. it's not going to be the next Hereditary. It's absolutely not um, that big of a deal. I will say it scared the shit out of me because I watched it alone and in the dark for the first time. Um, and from a death care industry perspective, that would be absolutely terrifying and frightening, you know, for something like that to happen. But otherwise, like I don't, I wouldn't say don't watch it, but again, I, like I said, I'd give it a five or a six probably mm-hmm. too. For sure. Okay. Do you guys have any final uh, thoughts I, about the movie? I mean, I think I've said everything that I would like to say about it. Um, yeah. Just give it a watch. All you people on the internet. <laughs> or don't, or don't yeah. and go on to Apple and leave a five star review and tell us why you didn't watch it. <laughs> what were you doing instead? Yeah. You're sexist against dead female bodies. I understand. One hundred percent. Wow, how Listen, could you? Oh my yeah. gosh. You got, you got cemetery babies just stuck in my head just now when you said that. You I don't know why it. it went there. What the ICP song? You did, yeah. That's instantly what I thought in my head when you said cemetery that. Hey, I want you in my world. <laughs> yeah, hundred yeah. uh-huh. percent. It's just going. Yeah. You're more than just a corpse to a psychopathic to a clown. Psychopathic oh, I love that song. Oh, God, what a good one. Um, so uh, I actually, I got, okay, so uh, that's that's uh, Diary of Jane Doe. Uh, excuse me, sorry. Um, that's Autopsy of Jane Doe. Um, I wanted to, uh, sorry, you know, I got to get my Breaking Benjamin. There you go. That's, that's the um, episode. Yeah, right. Oh yeah, Diary of Jane Doe. Uh, that's a good one. Okay, cool. That's the episode. Uh, so I wanted to uh, ask. Uh, speaking of titles, uh, I wanted to ask if you guys wanted to uh, like talk a little bit about what we're going to be doing soon, or if you wanted to hold on to it for a little bit longer. What do you think? About what? <laughs> I don't even know what we're talking about. As far as like the name change and stuff, I mean, I suppose I'm down. Oh yeah, I guess so. Sure. Uh, what are we holding out for if we wait? What are we waiting for? Right. I think the only thing is just to kind of get together the logo and stuff like that. I've already started working on it though. Okay. Um, it's going to look a lot like the one we have already. <laughs> I like literally took the same presets from Procreate. I'm just like, gonna. so I'll have that for you guys soon. So guys, um, we have been actually th- thinking for a while now about rebranding. Um, reason being is simply because, uh, the macabre masters thing, like it was started, um, pre Beth and, uh, Mm -hmm. we didn't have a good idea of what it was going to look like when we named it. We just kind of had this very vague idea of what it was going to be. And so taking into account Beth coming on, taking into account kind of the direction that we've gone, uh, we felt that like maybe it's, and I can't speak for these guys, but as far as I understand, we felt that like maybe it's just not really representative of us so much, mm-hmm. like as far as like what it is today. And the other thing is that the macabre master's name, there's so many people using that title mm-hmm. that because it's such a common title, uh, Edgar Allan Poe is often called the master of the macabre. Stephen King is often called the master of the macabre. There's like another podcast, literally this is like, like masters of the macabre. The macabre like, yeah. Yeah, it's and it's we're all not really King close. Or Edgar Allan Poe, let's be honest. You know, and uh, 
I mean, would you even be Stephen King if you could? I don't think anybody would. I, I, I like, might. Yeah. For a day. I would really? totally Freaky Friday with Stephen King. I would. For a day. For a day. Yeah. For a you day. Know, the problem yeah, is I if you do that, you have to. all kinds of really hot little goth chicks. Like, he could totally still be, like, getting all kinds of cute babes. <laughs> I'm about it. Dude, Stephen King. Uh, the thing about Stephen King is that you know why he's perfect for what he does? Because he looks the part. Stephen King looks like fucking he got hit in the face with the frying pan of ugliness. Right? And like just he looks he got really his face menacing for this really like affable white dude with glasses. Like he's very like non-threatening and still manages to look incredibly menacing. And he's really like this like nice guy who's incredibly philanthropic and like super this like warrior for like the the just cause and shit like if you ever follow his twitter like he's always like bashing people who do stupid shit it's great so but like i bet that because of who he is as a writer and how prolific he is that he still absolutely has all kinds of hot fangirls all over him i don't care i would do it just for that for a day i would like be all happy being stephen king and just like motorboating little goth girls it'd be great tabitha king might have something to say about that but that's not your problem it's only for 24 hours i feel like he's a little respectful about it it's like that joke that george rr martin's a creeper like family, oh, yeah, guy. for sure. So like Stephen, R- King, Stephen King is super nice about it, but George R. R. Martin's like, oh, I like having a nerd. <laughs> I like having nerd. Dude, girls. I honestly, I that really fucked up Game of Thrones for me. Like honestly, like reading the books, like I've read all the books that have been mm-hmm. out, and probably all the books that will come out because it's George R. R. Martin we're talking about. <laughs> and like, I'm sorry, like that ruins it for me. Like thinking of George R. R. Martin sitting on his old ass computer, fucking, <laughs> and Cersei's boobs moved up and down to the Ew. rhythm of Jamie's car, and I'm just like, I want to die. Why am I reading this? I could like become like sweat beating up on his forehead as he's typing it. (laughs) Right, exactly. Like he's eating his like sixth cheeseburger of the hour, and like and not to not to fat shame guys. I'm a heavy guy, but uh, I'm just saying like this is my vision. He's like got the meat sweats, and then he's also like got this like vision of like Cersei or whatever and incest and stuff. And he's like he's just like doing he's like doing double duty and just like typing up. I'm like, guys, I could like be learning a second language right now. I could be starting a new company. I could be doing anything in the entire universe except reading the psychopathic fantasy of this incel. Um, Like, at least Stephen, at least Stephen King, you can tell just by looking at an interview that he is not an incel. Like Stephen King is awesome and he 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 knows what he's about. (laughs) I saw an interview with George R. R. Martin and Stephen King interviewing each other. And it was like watching, it was like watching uh, Jimmy Fallon, like so, like Stephen King's like Jimmy Fallon, interview Plank from Ed Ed Nettie. Like George R. R. Martin has the personality of a cardboard box that's been left in the rain. Okay, like you know, actually, no, a cardboard box left in the rain is too interesting. Okay, like he's got the personality of an off-white wall. Oh my right? god! Right, like just like. It, it, it's, it sucks because Game of Thrones has so much potential, but mm-hmm. it, I don't know. I just, I don't know, man. George, fucking write the next book, okay? Like, can you please just <laughs> write it so we can read it and we can hate it, okay? Can you do it? I just want to be mad, okay? Um, of course, it's still not going to top HBO and what they did. They just fucking wrecked it, but whatever. That's a whole nother conversation. Anyway, so Freaky Friday with Stephen King. So we're changing the name, okay? Um, so the name that we're... <laughs> 
<laughs> the name that we're working with right now. <laughs> and uh uh by the way guys, I want you to know that like uh like we we were workshopping titles and I promised at least one that was something like fuck King James came up. Yeah. Um but that's not the name we're going to end up going with uh, cuz it's not an anti King James podcast or whatever. <laughs> um, exclusively anyway. <laughs> <laughs> exclusively there's definitely there's definitely some uh King James hate on here. Vibes that's not there, what it's about. For sure. Nine rounds with the so the the name that we're the name that we're going with right now is uh is uh, Beth can you say it because you pronounce it better than I do Grim Noir Grim Noir that just sounds nicer right (laughs) Grim Noir Grim Noir (laughs) it's a it's a riff on Grim Noir Noir and also kind of Grim Noir yeah Grim Noir Grim Noir yeah. Grim, Grim Noir. Noir, man, I'm gonna have to get that word down before we start broadcasting. Grim I'm gonna be like, do hey mouth guys, exercises. What's up? Welcome Grim to the podcast. Grim Noir. Grim Noir. <laughs> I'm Pope. Welcome to Grim Noir. Um, <laughs> so we're gonna change the name. We're gonna change the branding and everything like that. We're gonna call it Grim Grim Noir. I don't know if we're gonna be like the Grim Noir podcast or just Grim Noir. I think we're going just Grim Noir and just so. that's just. I think so. Yeah, yeah. Um, that sounds catchy. Because if you're listening to it, it's obviously a fucking podcast. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, it's gonna. Um, there's gonna be a few like there's gonna be a few things that are gonna be a little. Uh, it's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be tied in with a few other things. Uh, like for example, um, my new company, Grim Comics is putting out a uh, a zine pretty soon. And I'm not saying this to advertise. I'm just saying it because it's true. Uh, and one of the things it features, for example, trying to tie everything together, is Nick actually did an essay. It's called The Macabre and Me. It's like roughly 500 words. It's in the, it's in the zine. Mm-hmm. So to read reads Nick essay, Nick's essay, essay, you're going to need to get that zine. Get that zine. And, get um, and then Beth also is going to be doing one for us as well hopefully pretty soon. So I uh, want to tie kind of tie it all together and bring it all together. So that is the name we're looking at right now. And I think that's what we're going to go with. And it's mm-hmm. a fun little play on words. And we're going to start rolling that out pretty soon as far as the changes um, to the logo and all that good stuff. So got to fucking register the website and everything. Yeah. It's all that fun stuff. You guys don't get to see you <laughs> motherfuckers just think we just get on the mic and just talk for an hour you know, a week or whatever, and then that's it. It's not. That's all I do. There's Pope lots of does planning. all the work, yeah. and Nick does all the work. I just show up and look pretty. <laughs> Touche. I, I sometimes, I sometimes just show up. I don't you know. also show up and look pretty, Nick. <laughs> no, I was gonna say something. I just yeah. show up and don't do this all. This podcast is nothing without me. No, I'm kidding. Um, not gonna get Axel Rose syndrome. Oh um, <laughs> but all right. So I want to let you guys know about that, and then um. Other than that, that's all I really have. I kind of hijacked it because this is Beth's Beth's episode to to be Beth. But um, you're good. So sorry about that. I hijacked no, the good. mic. Actually... Not like anybody can stop me. Anyone can stop me. Anyone can stop me. Stopping you right so now. Cool. No. Um, to be clear, I go on spring break like the week of the fifteenth. So like we can definitely get some stuff together. Mm during that week to try to start setting up to roll things out too if you would like as far as social media things that we're going to be doing in the near future we're going to all start getting together outside the podcast so you can get to know us better in our daytime lives when we're a little bit less hysterical (laughs) this is true 
Or more hysterical. Because you guys are always getting us at one o'clock in the morning. Like it's fucking latest. Oh yes. Latest. It's the perfect time to talk about horror movies, but. When you got a job to do, you got to do it well. And you have a hard time when you've been up to two o'clock in the morning. Um, <laughs> but that's okay because tomorrow's Sunday and I have it off. So I'm going to sleep then. So I'll be all right. Yay. <laughs> Thank you guys for doing it on a Saturday night. I don't know. Um, I got no days off. I'm starting something new. Uh, I, I So sorry, but this could be a shout out, I guess. But like, I'm going to start taking Did all my books. It? What? No, I didn't get dropped. No. What? No, I got a, I got a book stamp. I'm gonna start doing book talk. <laughs> I got I'm I'm going book yes, talk. I love yeah. it. And I've he got, was so disappointed. I've gotten he was really like, no. I've gotten really into bookmaking lately. Like Sarah's even noticed. Sarah's like you're obsessed with bookmaking. So she's like, maybe you're just gonna start making books. And I was like, maybe. <laughs> like learning how to bind books and stuff. So maybe I'll just make books for a living. That's really cool, Dude. though. I want you to make. I want a book made by Nick. What the fuck? Right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, dude. Been, what, yeah. Why isn't mine in the mail yet? Okay. Really? Um, <laughs> no, I've been reading books. I was gonna say. Yeah, I've been reading a lot of books lately. I, I'm actually ninety eight percent through with *Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe*, and it is way better than the movie. <laughs> it's like. So it's actually really like the cartoon movie that they did back in like the late mid eighties or whatever the fuck it was, was actually almost word for word the book. So if you can find the animated version mm-hmm. from like way back when, you'll probably like that better. Cause it was like almost scene for yeah. scene. If I remember correctly, the same. Yeah, I had that as a kid, actually. I had that, that movie. Um, Do you know what I found the other day on some streaming network? Wait, was the, the, I found the animated Hobbit. Oh, I'm oh, sorry. Yeah, animated Hobbit. Lewis Carroll wrote Alice in Wonderland, didn't he? Uh, Lewis Carroll, yeah. It was C.S. Lewis. Lewis. C.S. Lewis. And I was thinking of that because, like, uh, those books actually have, like, really strong uh, Christian. Yeah, it's super Christian. Allegory. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Allegory. Um, But the Hobbit, I'm sorry, the animated Hobbit movie. I found the animated. I don't remember what streaming network it was. I was super (laughs) disappointed because I can't remember what streaming network. I was just all like dozed out on cold medication the other day, fucking like ridiculously delirious from a fever. And I'm like strolling through like streaming and then falling asleep and then scrolling and falling asleep. And I found the animated Hobbit and I don't remember where it was. And I doubt now I don't know if I like dreamed it if it was like a delirium or a hallucination or something, or if it actually existed, but I really hope that it does. Cause like, I haven't seen that in so long. Like I was a little kid the last time I saw it. And I used to watch, I burnt out the VHS tape. Like, and I had all three, I had the Hobbit the return of the King. And then later they did the Lord of the Rings fellowship of the ring as an animated with the two towers, like in the same sort of animated feature, but it was done with different animators later. Um, but that tells you like how into it I was as yeah. a kid, right? Because like I destroyed those VHS tapes like in the original box and shit. And I really want to see it, and I hope it actually existed. I'm so like scared that I was just dreaming. Uh, I was um I actually had that same Hobbit VHS when I was a kid. I liked it a lot. Um, it was my first ex- exposure to anything that Tolkien did. Mm. Um, which makes sense because it was a kid story essentially, sure. The Hobbit. Um, I will say, though, if it was a fever dream and you were delirious, I would feel ripped off if you were having a delirious fever dream. And the only thing that happened is you saw the animated Hobbit on a streaming platform 
You know what I mean? Like, it's like, there's like so many cooler things that can happen. It's like comfortably numb. You know, you're like, you know, <laughs> when I was a child, I had a fever. You know? It's only, That's it's been a really imagine. shitty week, honestly, where I've just barely had like a low grade fever and I've had like all the body aches and all this other icky crap. And I've just felt like crappy enough that nothing feels real, but everything hurts. And I feel exceptionally real all at the same time. It's no bueno. I hate being sick. It's bullshit. Oh yeah, here's here's my copy Whoa. of The Hobbit. <laughs> oh, look at you, fancy nice. pants! Also, yeah, look at this little bookmark too. Oh, oh. oh. so I want you to start yeah, yeah. doing read alouds, Nick. Yeah, like, that's what I was gonna do. Start on TikTok. doing like, doing yeah, like a little, uh... absolutely. <clears throat> read well, us so... a paragraph of, of The Hobbit. Okay. Sure. Yeah, right now. You mean to read just the the beginning of it here? I could read you the poem. Do you know, like when they're in the caves and he first meets Gollum, and there's all like the riddles, like that whole section of the book. I still remember, like the 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 one that where he like tricked Gollum at the end and he got away. Like that shit, like stayed yeah, with me forever in my mind. I can read you the first paragraph here. Is everyone ready? Let's right do it. Let's now. go. Chapter one: An unexpected party. In a hole in the ground, there lived a hobbit. Not a nasty, dirty, wet hole filled with the ends of worms and an oozy smell, nor yet a dry, bare, sandy hole with nothing into it but to sit down on or to eat. It was a hobbit hole, and that means comfort. Oh, I love it. That made me feel so warm and tingly inside. Can't wait to read Dara. The hobbit's a good one. My children at some point. Tolkien you is should. like his books are like so crazy because like you pick it up and you start reading and you're like, this is Tolkien. Like he's just got a vibe on his stuff. I don't even understand it. Uh, it's it's really the power of words like to convey a thought because like it there's like I get in like Tolkien moods like I'm not the biggest Tolkien fan, but like I get in a mood like where I, I like I like high fantasy. Like I can't read anything but Tolkien. I'm just like, okay, I'm fucking going back and rereading Lord of the Rings. Like I just, I have to, cause like nothing else fit. It's like Asimov, right? If you're reading Asimov science fiction, like sure. he's, is so distinctive. Like his voice, uh, Isaac Asimov's voice was, well, thank you for that, Nick. Um, all right. So, uh, Beth, uh, you want to, you want to, Help us get this son of a bitch wrapped up. Yeah, indeed. So recap autopsy of Jane Doe. Pretty good movie for like the first, you know, four halves of the movie. If we're counting. <laughs> um, you know, but after that, it kind of blew. There was a bunch of stuff where there was like holes in the plot and we just weren't really satisfied. So I think the general consensus was like a good five to six out of ten across the board overall. Uh, we're changing our name coming very soon. Look for us more on social media and look out for some of our solo projects that we'll have working along with the, the zine and Nick's new uh, TikTok ideas for, for reading and other book reviews and stuff like that. Uh, do you guys have any shout outs for the week that you want to send out to anybody? Um, the only shout out I have is a shout out to my wife, and our cat Twinkle, who passed away today, was her birthday. Uh, she would have been four. So, very young baby who passed away. And Sarah has been a champ about it today. Tomorrow, at the time of recording, well, today, at the time of recording, is our other cat's birthday. We found out they're one day apart. So, happy birthday, Ivy. And rest in peace, Twinkle. Good job to Sarah for being strong. 
Rest in peace, Twinkle. Oh, that's sad. Mm. Shout out to Twinkle. Rest in peace. Mm. Indeed. Um, do you have any shout outs, Pope, besides that? Mm. No. No? Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> usually you've got stuff. Like... Myself. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I am humbled. I am humbled before the intense pain of losing oh. a loved one. So I accept that. I agree. Um, our cat brush brush has been missing now for like three weeks and we're all pretty Aww. sure that he is not coming home. We were hoping that maybe he had found a pretty girl cat somewhere in a snowstorm to snuggle up with, you know, it's that time of year and yet he has still not come home. So we're a little sad about it. Um, but I understand we're, we're trying to be happy and celebrate the cats that we have. So I can relate and empathize to, to your pain at the mm. moment. So, cause he was Jason's like cat. He was the only one he even liked. And oh. He's a little bummed about it. Um, otherwise a uh, shout out to my professor whose idea it was that we watched the autopsy of Jane Doe for homework this week. That was awesome homework to assign as I was able to double time getting homework done and doing the podcast and uh, shout out to you guys as well. Um, it's always nice to get together. It's some of the highlight of my week and the fact that we've been able to be more consistent helps me to be a better person and hold me accountable to doing stuff in general, like a grown up and keeping on a schedule. <laughs> Um, and shout out to Jason who has been putting up with my sick ass all week long. Like I've been such a baby. I can't even lie. So I totally like barely brushed my hair and I put some eyeliner on just for you guys. So I didn't look like a total foot like on <laughs> first screen tonight. Um, so, and I guess that's it. I don't really have a whole lot else otherwise. Uh, shout out to our listeners. As always, we love you and we appreciate all of the time that you give us to listen to us bullshit and hear us talk about whatever it is we have going on. Um, and I want you guys to check out our social media. There's going to be a lot of changes coming in. We're going to be doing some reels and we're talking about uh, just kind of some of the things that will come with the changes as far as um, what you get as we roll out a Patreon and TikTok and stuff like that for subscribing to the Grim Noir, Macabre Masters sort of family as we go through the transition. Um, other than that, I don't know. I don't really have anything else. Normally Pope gives us the send Yeah. <laughs> We love you guys and thanks for listening and we hope we will uh, get to have some really cool content for you soon. We haven't even really talked about what else we'll have coming up soon really as far as content goes because we've been so worried about how we're going to change the name. Yeah, so that's that's true. So uh, yeah, I guess I'll still do a send off. Mm. Fuck off! <laughs> okay. Uh <laughs> <laughs> that was a big fat eat a dick. Yeah, yeah. I'm just, I'm just cut it there. I'm so, yeah, I'm yeah. so professional. I'm just cut it there. Uh, I'm like, totally oh. qualified for this job. Um, uh, I really like uh, the Critical Drinker is a YouTube channel, and I like his send off a lot. Even though he's kind of a douche, but his send off is funny. It's like it's like that's all for now. Go away now, and it's just like in this real like brog, and that's just how he does it. I love it. I want to do something like that. I want to do a send off like that. Okay. Get out of here. We got we got talking to do. Okay, bye. Get fuck out. We love We're done. You. Bye. bye. See our social bye. medias. Bye. bye.